Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Hayden with the Hill Pursuit Podcast. And today's episode, episode 56, is a special one. It's actually our very first YouTube episode of the podcast. And we're really excited to bring it to you. Today's episode, we talk a lot about how coaches use different tricks and tools to adjust programming for recreational exercisers and athletes to avoid boredom, staleness, overtraining, and things like that. We also talk about how much and how often you should be changing intensity and varying exercises within a program, what that looks like for different people. We talk about the, um, the idea of if it isn't broke, don't fix it, not trying to reinvent the wheel and whether or not that's applicable for different athletes. Um, later, we discuss a race, an upcoming race um, in less than three weeks and how we're preparing for that. Um, we discuss the, the uh, pros and cons of resistance training for um, different athletes, specifically for myself as a triathlete, what works, what doesn't work, um, and kind of just assessing that benefit to reward um, or risk to reward ratio for resistance training in different sports. We identify and acknowledge that the weight room is a means to an end for athletes, regardless of their sport. And we kind of dive into that a little bit. In addition to a a brief discussion on on sleep in the same capacity as a means to an end to improve sport performance. Once again, this is episode 56 of the Hill Pursuit Podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy it. Good. Uh, this this is officially our first YouTube podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, it's pretty cool to that we finally <laughs> we took long enough, but that we're finally um, taking this step. I think it's going to be pretty sweet to to just start a little podcast series and and some other training things, but. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of dive into a little bit of everything, I guess, but, um, first and foremost, what's going on with your training. It's been, you know, probably been a week or so since we casted, but yeah. How's training? What's going on? Yeah, not too much different. Um, since I last reported, um, have not, I haven't squatted still or have deadlifted just still giving my low back, just trying to, weren't you, weren't you deadlifting a little bit like, um, well, I, I did squat and I, I squatted a little I'm bit. I'm trying yeah. to think. Yeah, I were, I did. I actually did send you that. I think I got worked up to like 325. It felt good like that day, that night, man. It it kind of kind of crept in slow. So I wasn't real happy about that. Kind of frustrated me. And it's been a little frustrating. So I just been doing a lot of sled work, um, like a lot of sled drags, um, and just kind of been really working on my hip straight like my hip strength and low back strength and honestly like mobility so all my low body work has been uh sled work and then um sticking to the vest that's been i'm keeping that consistent um and then uh i did roll last night it's the first time i rolled in probably a month just because we had some we had to move places where where we go and um i felt pretty good rolling i, mean, I was a little uh I have to just get back into it. I forget what I ended up doing. Maybe five, five minute uh, goes. 
and then um that's a pretty good amount yeah and then um so that was pretty sore today nothing nothing wild so um i just want to get this this back figured out it's uh it stinks just because I, I miss squatting i really do yeah dude i <clears throat> i remember multiple times you know, as an adult exerciser training seriously, where um, you just you, you go a little too hard on your uh, on your posterior chain, and it it's it is it's really freaking frustrating. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it can put you out for a few days to a week or or more. I remember for me, um, I had a bulging disc in my lower back for um for quite some time and irritated it really bad to the point where I couldn't even put my own shoes on and tie my shoelaces I mean it's Mm -hmm. that's a horrible feeling so you know I know that frustration for sure but um, yeah I think it's more I think it's more muscular like I didn't have any MRIs done or anything like that but just like like where the pain is um I think it's pretty safe to say it's all in the muscles um, which is good, you know, I'm not, it's, uh, it's just something to work around, and, you know, once I get through it, you know, just put something else under my belt that I can say yeah. I work through, so. Yeah, it's just, just an opportunity to get creative, you know. Exactly. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. what'd you say, tons of sled work and just other. Tons of sled work, all my uh, accessories have been, like, a, a pick out three exercises, like pull-ups, push-ups, and then my third one will be either um like a kettlebell heavy kettlebell clean uh or a split squat lunge or a goblet squat that's i've been messing around with goblet squats too just to see how that will work and all that's in a vest and then i'll pick like two accessories either uh just to kind of just isolate something you know work on some stuff i think might be weak or need mobility or whatever yeah i heard some i heard something recently honestly unrelated to probably you or me but i heard something recently um about how coaches um manipulate training programs for more like recreational exercisers Uh um and they literally will change you know the the tiniest little thing not necessarily to avoid staleness or overtraining or burnout but almost like the the psychological aspect where people are just getting bored doing the same stuff and you know the the smallest the smallest little tweak to a program you know it might be enough to just add in a little creativity might be enough to just you know keep you keep you moving in the right direction but kind of just disguise it so you don't know that you're you know you're doing something different and still working towards the same goal i think that's a good little uh I think it's a good little trick. I think so. Um, you know, people, people do get bored and, um, and they also, and that's like kind of goes, I was actually just reading or I was listening to something or a guy, um, his name is Pat McNamara. He was like, uh, he was, a, I think he was a green beret. Um, and now he does a lot of strength conditioning work and he was on a, a podcast with, uh, um, Chris Duffin the Kabuki uh, warrior, if you haven't heard of him. Um, and they were, and like, this is like always a thing, like you, everyone says like, you have to change your program constantly to keep the body guessing. 
And it's like one of them things like you hear people go back and forth where it was like, yeah, you got to do it. Or people are like, hey, you don't have to do that. I mean, yeah, little tweaks. Like you said, you can do the same movements, but if you're changing some different, like whether it's intensity, volume, like that. But the McNair, he was saying he, he pretty much changes. He Now he's on the boat where, hey, he's changing everything. You know, like he's constantly keeping things guessing. I mean, it's hard to argue with the guy. You know, he's he's a stud. So um, it's just it, it, it's just like it's weird to hear when you have different people um, at high calibers saying kind of sometimes different things. You know, I always think that's interesting. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. I mean, you know, don't reinvent the wheel, right? Yeah, <laughs> if, yeah exactly. If it's not if it's not broke, don't fix it. So. Um, and honestly, that's for the most part, that's probably my mindset. Um, you know, I say for the most part, the majority of the time I do feel that way, but I also think small tweaks are really, really important. Um, honestly, probably more for avoiding like boredom than I do, um, for avoiding like staleness or, or physiological burnout. But I also, you know, I think there's something to be said for that too. I think if, I think if an athlete can, you know, do the same thing day in and day out or do the same workout once every two weeks and they kind of just like revisit that structure, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that at all. I think that's really beneficial to see how, you know, you know, two weeks ago I did the same workout, but today I'm going to add two more intervals of 200 meters in the, in the pool, for example. Yeah. So two, two weeks ago, it was, you know, 2,800 meters. And today it's 3,200 meters, it's the same workout, but I added two extra intervals. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I think it's important to do that. Why, why like reinvent the wheel and do all kinds of crazy, like um, with swimming <laughs> for sure. I definitely feel like why do all these different crazy strokes? Why do all these different crazy warm up drills? why like manipulate paces on 25s versus 75s or do what you need to do if it's an endurance swim do some longer intervals maybe add an extra one or two that's if the workout works to elicit whatever you're trying to elicit i'm all i'm all for keeping it the same well yeah like you see any good program like you take a, if you look at any solid program most of them are it's basic the entire time and you're doing the same thing for uh an extended period of time but it's they're it's changing intensity or volume throughout the course of it all and that's what's that's what's that's what the progression is you know what i mean it's not changing a thousand different exercises you know it's keeping it you know it's just like those small little tweaks and i think I mean, I used to get caught up where I was like doing different exercises all the time. And all the time, stuff. yeah. Yeah, I think everyone goes through that stage though. Um, and it's still like I got to keep myself in check. But yeah, I don't know. I thought that, I think that's a cool point. I just heard it the other day on a podcast. So yeah, I mean, sometimes the intensity and like volume changes that come with just any program, mm-hmm. I think aren't enough for recreational exercisers though, you know, like you do have to, um, you know, let's say we're, we're coaches at a big box gym. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, the reg, the regular everyday person who comes in for personal training, like I feel, I feel like the, the everyday 
modulations and intensity volume might not be enough for that person. So like, I can, I can understand how you would like use something fancy to kind of distract, distract somebody from their own boredom. But, you know, doing that in terms of like doing it to keep a client is different than doing it for like a performance purpose. You know what I mean? So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I know that people do that, but personally, I'm just, I'm a big fan of, if, if you find something that works, why not just keep doing it? Of course you need to tweak it because the more you do something, the more efficient your body's going to get at doing it, mm-hmm. you know? So if all you do is 10 pull-ups a day, it doesn't mean out of nowhere you can do 50 pull-ups in a day. You're just going to get better and better at doing 10 pull-ups, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and if you're not, if you're not adding multiple sets and different progressions or regressions or modifying the movement, you're not going to improve. Like, we get that. We understand that. I'm just saying like, if some, if you find something that does work, I I'm a big proponent of keeping it, holding on to it and small tweaks here and there to make sure that it keeps working for you. Exactly. I'm on board with that. one. Yeah. Anyway, my training, um, I don't think I've been doing anything too fancy lately. <laughs> I guess just a nice little segue. I just been doing most of the same, the same old thing. I'm swimming a little bit more lately, not more frequently, but um, kind of back to that same point, you know, adding some intervals, I'm, my, my, my weekly volume of swimming is increased in the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, it's hard to believe I have a race in less than a month, like three weeks. That's crazy. It's, it's literally snowing right now. Not much, but it is flurrying outside where I live. I mean, what the heck is happening? So <laughs> this, this race, um, you know, the water temperature is absolutely frigid cold right now. The only, the, the only opportunity to even get in the water before the race, technically legally, because it's a state park, you can't just like show up and swim anywhere. But um, the only opportunity to get in the water is one week before the race. <laughs> so like, there's going to be so many people just flailing around in freezing cold water. It's going to be a disaster. But um it is a, an Olympic triathlon. I've, I'm sure I've talked about it before. I've written about it in the blog, but, um, and it's the same Olympic that I did last season, uh, at this time. And, you know, it's like a two, it's under a three hour race. I'm pretty sure I was like two fifty or 40 or I don't know. I really just used it as a prep race last year. This year I'd like to, I'd like to race it pretty hard. So, I'm hoping that it, that it goes pretty well, but anyway, so I'm leading up to that a little bit and, um, I'm having some longer sessions on the weekends. Like I I got outside this weekend, both days, which literally never happens. It was like mid eighties here, both days. I got like a two hour run in and I got a three hour ride in on both days of the weekend. Like it was just uh, just a heavenly weekend. It was so beautiful. So, um, that was pretty sweet and I'm enjoying that longer stuff. Um, I don't know if anything super, I'm still lifting, you know, at some point that's going to, I'm going to pull that back when I get closer to my, my bigger races, not the Olympic, but a few weeks after that, I'll probably drop that volume. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good. 
Um, how do you think your off season went? I don't know if we ever like talked about it. Like, how do you <clears> think, uh, are you feeling pretty good? Like, do you think your strength went up? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think I got stronger. Um, I think my off season was a lot more, uh, disciplined, I think is a good word. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, after last off season, so geez, last off season was technically early 21. So right after COVID, not after, but the first off season after the start of COVID, I guess. And that off season, I mean, it was just like a full-time off season, you know? Yeah. Cause we got, you know, COVID in 2020 and then no races. And then off season was early 21 right now is early 22. So yeah, off season was early 21 and it was, it really just felt like an extended off season all through 2020 up until race season of last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, honestly, it's kind of tough to answer that question. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know how, how to describe how all that went. Cause it was my first real go round with actual intense triathlon training. So, um, after the Ironman, so I can speak to this off season after the Ironman, um, I felt like I maintained like a lot of good discipline with training and I maintained a lot of, um, like I swam in intelligently, I swam once or twice a week. So in season, I'm three times a week. Um, and that frequency I think is really important for me. I'm not, you know, I'm an adult onset swimmer. So, <laughs> so like. I basically had to teach myself how to swim a year and a half ago and me swimming three times per week is really important. So mm-hmm. I hit that as, um, I hit that very consistently throughout the season, but, um, I intelligently swam a little less and I dropped my run bike volume, but I maintained my run bike fitness and, um, or, you know, as close as I could. And I lifted a good bit and I, I feel like it's paying off already. Mm-hmm. Um, like all my longer sessions, I'm not like my stabilizing muscles in my posterior chain on long rides and, and on long runs. Like I feel really good. I feel really good. So I think just that small tweak in terms of emphasizing, um, emphasizing resistance training a little bit more in the off season was important. And I think it, it was beneficial now. I say that at, from a triathlete perspective because lots of endurance athletes struggle to understand the importance of resistance training. Mm-hmm. So we've always understood it, and we know its benefits for anaerobic athletes and aerobic athletes. But um, I say that I did it more in the off season, and I, it's kind of like a relative more because lots of triathletes probably don't even do it at all. I know a lot that don't, that don't even touch weights. And if they do, you know, they're following something that they, from muscle magazine or, you know, I don't know, something silly on YouTube. They have no clue what they're doing, but anyway, yeah, it was really beneficial for me and I'm really starting to see that payoff. I'm looking forward to um, some bigger stuff and I'm looking forward to getting a lot faster. I feel like, I feel like I get faster when the weather breaks, like these past couple of days, 
I felt like really, really good. And now it's getting cold again. So it's just kind of like a downer. But anyways, that's a long way of saying, yeah, I think my training's going well. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I think uh, a couple, yeah, just a couple, couple things. I think one, I think it will be cool to see like this season uh, for you where you need to keep as much of the triathlete or triathlon events in your off-season training. Like, hey, can I maybe focus a little more in the weight room and dial back on that? Or do I need to add a little bit more? I think it'll be cool. Like you probably be able to gauge that a little bit more. And then, um, I, I mean, I know I'm on a sled kick right now, but I've just been going like hardcore research on like sled work. Nice. I think, I think it'd be cool for you to, uh, like if you want to train, like resistance training and recovery work, during the season i think it'd be cool to see if you could like get access to some sort of sled and do some uh do some pools um i think it's a like a great recovery and you're and you're not beating yourself up like it's all concentric movement you know there's literally no eccentric movement in there like yeah. tearing, tearing your muscles down you know it's pretty much just getting blood there um so i think it'd be cool to see i don't know um if you have access to one yeah so, especially like the week or so after your race yeah yeah mm -hmm. That's a really good point. I mm -hmm. do think I do think I'm gonna emphasize it even more um, within this this next off season. But yeah. my next off season, I don't. It's hard for me to plan that far ahead. Just yeah, because, no, absolutely. You know, but yeah, I mean, I do plan to emphasize it even more, and I'm doing my best even now. I would consider, you know, I've been in season for a little bit at this point. I would consider um, what I'm doing now to be a lot more than other triathletes as well. Like I'm in the weight room at least three times a week. Yeah. And, you know, I have very, you know, I have very specific movements that I'm doing and, you know, it's structured and not just going in there messing around, you know, so I'm, I'm doing a lot more than I think others are. Now there's, there's an argument to be made there. You know, if you have an hour of free training time, as a triathlete, you already have three disciplines, you know, do you, um, do you take that hour and put it into another run or 40 minutes on the bike? Or if you have that hour, do you go resistance train? And it's kind of like a, it's like a, it's a battle because I know what I, I know what I like doing. And it's, I like resistance training in that free hour. If I have it on top of what I've already planned for the week, you know what I mean? And if I have that hour, I'm going to go resistance train. I know that in, in theory, if I put it into running and I'm not overdoing running, then yeah, sure. It might, it might prove beneficial, but I also know the benefit of resistance training and I'm hoping that that's equally as beneficial yeah we talked about this before man it's uh okay your sport is triathlon right you have to be run swim and bike okay no different than a football player no different than a wrestler or a soccer yeah. player right right so the weight room is a means to an end but you right. still you still do it to benefit that sport right the, Absolutely. You know, like maybe if you get that hour of free training but you know your run maybe you didn't get your run in that week or you maybe had to cut it short. Okay. And that's what you're going to use that hour for because that's your sport. But you know, if you got all that covered and you have this, a lot of the amount of time left, 
use it to resistance train or use it for mobility, something to increase that because it's like, you know, any sport is full, like it's a full, it's a, it's a circle, right? And you do too much of the same thing and you neglect something else. Overuse is going to happen or there's going to be an injury or just being stale, you know, and I think, I think that's huge. Um, so I think, I think you're on the right track. I never ran a triathlon. I did other sport. And if I wanted, like, if I was a wrestler and I never touched the weight room and just wrestled all the time, you know, that sounds, it just sounds not intelligent. I, I, I know. I, I completely agree with you too. And unfortunately not a lot of people in the endurance world um, share that, that, uh, that opinion, mm-hmm. but um, there are some. absolutely there are some and um it's nice to see uh some people have a lot of success doing that i know a few people off the top of my head but it's nice to see people who do have success in the endurance world with resistance training um and you know on on the academic side i guess it'd be cool to I've done it a little bit already, but it'd be cool to develop some research that actually shows the benefit of resistance training for say, you know, ultra athletes or, you know, the extreme end of an endurance athlete, because there's not a lot of research on it because not a lot of those people resistance train, you know, and um, I dabbled in it once and ended up getting a, a, a qualitative study um published on resistance training and ultra runners but it was qualitative and we didn't there was you know it was just uh it was just survey data and and whether or not they used coaches and strength coaches and frequency and volume and stuff so it wasn't great but it did kind of show a little bit of of the world of ultra athletes and how little resistance training they actually do well and i'm sure like once you get to that level i'm sure like when you train like when you have to i bet the monitoring of the resistance training has to be very critical like hey like what am i doing what's my intensity my volume how far out i'm sure that's i'm sure i'm sure it takes a lot of messing around with um till you feel what you can do to get away with and still perform because like i mean at the end of the day you don't want your resistance training ever taking out of your training for your sport so yeah that's the moral of the story yeah um so i'm bringing this up just because you're the the the, um the statement you made weight the weight room is a means to an end for every sport we both know that it's a really awesome way of putting it but speaking of means to an end this came up in just passing conversation with me today i was talking to a friend but um sleep is a means to an end also right mm-hmm. like what what does that look like what would what, what does that look like for you normally i know it's a little different for you uh what is what should sleep ideally look like for for us you know i think it's a hard question it's a hard question to answer it's a hard question to even ask like what should it look like for you versus me versus this type of athlete or, or someone else? But sleep is super important, right? I mean, it's yeah, hugely yeah. important. So I'm not a good person to talk to about <laughs> no, this. I know. <laughs> um, just with what I just for uh, my situation. Um, but with that being said, 
I think everyone's different with sleep though, dude. I know you hear all oh, get the eight hours, get the eight hours, but dude, I'm sure there's people out there that can function on less. And I'm sure there's people out there that need more. You know what I mean? Um, or I, I don't mean, I hate the word just function because, you know, you can function on, you know, function and actually reaping the benefits of sleep are probably different because obviously your body does a lot when you sleep, you know, you you repair and it does a whole thing. Um, so it'd be cool to see like, Hey, if that person like that can sleep five hours and wake up and feel phenomenal, I wonder if their body is getting the same work done or recovering the same amount, like physiologically, not just like, Hey, I mentally feel good. And I'm cognitively, I'm cognitively able to do that. Like, I wonder if the body's still getting the same amount done that it would in like 10 hours. You see what I'm saying? I think that's just a genetic thing too, possibly. Hey, like they can recover that much quicker with less sleep. Dude, I think age, age is really big with sleep also. Like you remember in high school messing around with friends late at night and then, you know, before you know it, it's time to get up and go to school the next day. I mean, no, dude, I slept more in high school than I sleep now, man. Well, I believe that, but no, okay, you know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean, though. You just got some stupid and bad habits in high school, and you know, you're up playing a video game or talking to somebody or whatever. Yeah, it's too that. Yeah, that, and uh, I think quality too, man. It's like, mm-hmm. um, like hey, like when you're going to bed, and I think everyone can fall victim to this like shutting the TV off, you know, getting somewhere where it's like dark and, you know, that's bedtime. Um, I think that's a big one. And uh, yeah, I, for sometimes I don't always get a lot of sleep at a time. So I'll just crash just to at least get something. And I think that's better than nothing than trying to just grind it out. Sometimes I'll still get myself, say I only got like three hours of sleep um, at one point. And, you know, I got to be up for another 12 hours, but I can like sneak in like an hour nap. I'll try to instead of just like gutting it out. Yeah. Um, but I agree, dude, age, I think that's definitely a factor. Um, and I just think uh, your productivity during the day, I think I heard Jocko talk about this one time. And this is like a huge point. Like people will complain like, hey, I can't sleep. I, uh, you know, I wait, go to bed and I'm not tired. It's like, but what have you done during the day? Like, are you being active? You know, hey, I haven't done anything physical today. So I go to lay down and I'm not tired. Okay. Maybe, yeah, put, right. maybe put an hour of exercise in your day. Like make your body want the rest, you know, or if you're at work, like what are you doing at work? Are you just kind of messing around? Are you there engaged and working? Because dude, there's days by the time I'm ready to go to bed, like I'm falling asleep before my head even hits the pillow. Because, you know, you put that work in during the day where, hey, your body wants to go to bed. It wants to rest. I think that's, I think that's, I, the first time I ever heard that was a Jocko podcast. And I was like, man, that, that kind of does hold some value. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> it's it's kind of like a, it's a little bit of a fine line there. But um, for the most part, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, you know, exercise is also going to give you energy. So maybe depending on now we're getting into all kinds of variables, but depending on the time of day that you're adding in that exercise, you might actually, it might be like taking or having three cups of coffee at 8 PM. If that's what, if that's the only time you can fit in exercise, you might be, you might be up for a while because you just exercise and then you still can't go to sleep. But I do, I get what he's saying that like, look, put your, put your body through the ringer, 
even if it's not physically like you're at work and you're actively engaged in what you're doing, mm-hmm. then yeah, I mean, your mind is going to need a break. Your body is going to need a break. And, and that can be helpful in falling asleep. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, have you ever had one of those days, like where it's just like a lazy day, like you kind of just chilled around the house and like, but then you're up like forever. It's like, yeah, I've done nothing today. Till, like, you're not tired at all. Exactly, man. And that's like the worst, but like there's days, man, like, even if it's not like, Anyway, tiny little technical difficulty, but the only other thing I was going to bring up about sleep is, um, dude, what about the people who, like the super high achieving people that like sleep for two hours a night and that's all they get? Like, how crazy is that? And, and like, not that they like die in their forties or anything. They, you know, they live long, successful lives and they, they still say that they only sleep between like two and four hours a night for years, like every night. I, like, I don't even know how some of those, how those people do it. Like very successful people. Like I'm thinking off the top of my head, but you know, the show shark tank, those yes. people, those people have like all come out and admitted that they don't sleep more than like three or four hours a night. I believe it. <laughs> like wild. Yeah. I often wonder too. Um, like, yeah, obviously there's the successful people, but, you know, to, to have success in like a physical endeavor though, you know, compared to just like yeah. running in yeah. and out. Grind. I'm not saying that's easy, no doubt, but you know, you're not, you're not repairing physical breakdown. You yeah. know what I mean? I think if you're an athlete, you definitely have to take that, but no, dude, if you're, I agree, man. Like, I think you, if you're, Hey, if that's what you got to do, absolutely. There's going to be a stage in your life. I mean, dude, you probably never slept when you were in your PhD. <laughs> yeah. And, it was uh, definitely a lot more scarce for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, but I think you can definitely not, I mean, okay. We're not doctors here recommending people not sleep, but um, <laughs> I think you can definitely get away with it sometimes, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think we nailed it though. I think a lot of it's, it's individual based though. I really do. I think sleep is, you know, person to person. Like I know someone, man, like they can literally, they can go along, like they can stretch it and just sleep like four hours. That's all they need. And they're up. And, you know, I don't personally need a bunch of sleep. Um, but I know some others like, Hey, like they need that eight to 12 hours or else they're just, they're not feeling it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Anyways. Yeah. Nice little, nice little chat about, means to an end for different sports different goals you know we both have different ones um we both train for different things at different times of the year we see these daily undulations these weekly monthly undulations in our training but when it comes down to it we can manipulate a lot of different variables to directly impact you know exactly what we're training for how we're training how we're recovering and the weight room being super important for every single sport we value that we understand that and then just kind of off the top of my head there sleep as well like two really important variables for impacting sport performance physical performance you know everyday performance so yeah really good one you got anything else no that's it i think it was good and uh yeah like we said hey mess with your sleep you know see if you a little bit more will pay off and Maybe if you don't need as much, maybe you can get some more done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of individual variability there that a lot of people 
probably have yet to really tap into that mm-hmm. that little self experiment. But anyways, yeah, thanks for listening. This was episode fifty six, and uh, we will see you next time.